Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hi, everyone. Tim Kitzer here from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you're listening to Throwing Up the Same with Trayvon Edwards and Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka. And now here's your starting lineup. Trayvon Edwards, Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka. And we have our special guest today, Trevor Scales, what's going on? Fellas, how we doing? How we doing? Appreciate you having me thoroughly. Oh, man, we good, brother. Thanks for coming on. Trevor Scales is the co-host of Sports Nation and the, ho- and the host of Sports Center on Snapchat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good old time over there at ESPN. Trying to kick it. And now it's time for the one or the two with Jay Skills. Princeton or Yale? Oh, Jesus. I don't like now one of them. Uh... I'll go Yale because I respect them more. Running back or tailback? Ooh, I'm from the South. We call it tailback from day one. UFC or boxing? <sighs> Ooh, that's a good one. I've been on the UFC wave lately, and I'm a big fan of, in, uh, big fan of Israel Adesanya. So I'll go UFC. Um, I'm going to go Daft Punk songs, Get Lucky or One More Time? Ooh, Get Lucky. Better, better vibe for me. Uh, Simpsons or Family Guy? Family Guy. Hard Knock Life or The Blueprint? I'll go Blueprint. Me Against the World or All Eyes on Me? All Eyes on Me. Rumble in the Bronx or Romeo Must Die? Ooh. Ooh. Romeo Must Die. Van Gogh or Monet? Man, you caught me slipping on that one. I, I got nothing for you. I recognize Van Gogh, so we'll go there. I know I recognize both of them as artists, but like I just know more Van Gogh, I guess. Yeah. Marvin Gaye or Teddy P? I ooh, see. Okay, so I have what's going on on vinyl, and I'm dying to get me a Teddy P record on vinyl. Ah, let's go, Marvin. Let's go, Marvin. Whitney or Diana Ross? Diana Ross. Luther or Nate Dogg? 
Fat Luther. Isley <laughs> Brothers or Earth, Wind, and Fire? Uh, Isley Brothers. Yeah, yeah. We'll go Isley Brothers there. Stevie Wonder or Michael Jackson? <sighs> My soon-to-be father-in-law killed me, but I'm going to go Michael Jackson. <laughs> Dr. J or Wilt? Dr. J. Earl of Pearl or Bill Russell? Bill Russell. Cats or dogs? Dogs. I got a French bulldog sitting next to me right now. Carl Lewis or Michael Johnson? <laughs> the gold spikes. I'm going with Michael Johnson, bro. Gail Devers or Flojo? Ooh. Flojo off the swagger. Allison Phoenix. Allison Felix or Marion Jones? <sighs> Marion was a legend. Like all the way. Yeah, I'm going to go Marion Jones. Usain Bolt or Jesse Owens? Okay, but see, like, damn. All right, see, you saying the greatest to ever do it. Like, we done seen that time and time again, but I can't go against my countrymen and, like, the black liberation icon that is Jesse Owens. So I'm going to go Jesse Owens. Eric Dickerson or Herschel Walker? Oh, man, Eric Dis- Dickerson after what I've seen from Herschel lately. <laughs> Barry Sanders <laughs> or Marshawn Lynch? Barry, oh, oh, see, I'm almost always inclined to go Barry Sanders, but Marshawn Lynch is the one dude that can throw that off. Uh, sorry, Barry. I'm going to go Marshawn. Garrison Hurst or Ricky Waters? Garrison Hurst. Reggie Bush or Ricky Williams? Ricky, uh, yeah, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. Adrian James or Derrick Henry? Edrin, Edrin, South Florida. I'll go with it. Mike Jones or Paul Wall? Ah, <laughs> uh, Paul Wall, Paul Wall. Yep. UGK or Three Six Mafia? Oh, Jesus, this is awful. Ah <laughs> oh, man, Three Six, Three Six. No limit or cash money? Cash money. Dolly Parton or Reba McIntyre? <laughs> Uh, Dolly, Dolly the goat, Dolly the goat. <laughs> Equimini or Stank on you? Equimini. Mark Zuckerberg or the Winklevi? I can get them both out the paint. Uh, Mark. <laughs> Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Street Fighter. Sonic or Mario? Mario, Nintendo guy growing up. Mario Kart or Super Smash Brothers? Super Smash Bros. Call of Duty or Halo? Halo. Halo. GTA or GoldenEye? Ah, I used to be odd job back in the day. We'll go GoldenEye. PlayStation or Xbox? Got a PlayStation at the crib right now. Batman or Superman? Superman. Batman is just a wealthy dude that goes around kicking people's ass at night. Star Wars or Marvel? Marvel. Nike or Adidas? Nike. And the last one, Stone Mountain or Atlanta? Stone Mountain all day, East Atlanta. Zone 6, we out here. Come on now. <laughs> That's the one of the two. Say word. Say word. I like that. Nice little rapid fire joint. Yeah. Yeah, he got it going. <laughs> Dude, I was trying. It wasn't no 30 minute this time, brother. Nah, it. it was it was decent, man. Like I said, I can't I can't complain with it, man. It was straight, bro. See, that's like that's my understanding. Like we're doing like a TV or broadcast or podcast type deal. If I'm if I'm under the impression that we going rapid fire, we could do rapid fire. We could stop yeah. down and talk and have nuance if we need to. But I'm cool with just rolling through stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. a lot of guests, you know, it depends on the guest. Yeah, a lot of them will like make that segment almost the whole show. Where it's <laughs> like they start talking about why they picked a certain one and then they tell a story about it. And it's like a whole thing, you know, but some people are like you and just go rapid fire and like, take it how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. Trey. Yo, what's up? I mean, what are you doing Tuesday night, bro? I'm watching solo nation. What are you talking about? Oh, that's right, man. It comes out Tuesday night. What's that? 10 PM Eastern nine central on ABC. 10 P for me. Now you were the one that actually, put me onto this uh it's this is a show about black people by black people for all people about the black experience in america this thing is fearless it's truthful it's funny it's unapologetic it's uplifting and there will be the most incredible music involved and 
big stars. Trey, how many episodes of Soul of the Nation do you think they're going to be? One, maybe? One and a half? Nah, it's going to be six. We're going to stretch this thing six. out. You're going to stretch it out. Six. I mean, we had Black History Month. This is going to stretch all the way into April. This is great. It's powerful. It's just impossible to turn away from once you start watching. And it's coming to ABC Tuesday night. Soul of a Nation. It's taking viewers inside the lived experience of Black America. Be there as history is made. Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central on ABC. Or check your local listings. Soul of a Nation on ABC America. Get ready for this. All right, we're going to zoom to the blast for the pla- blast for the past. I don't know why I told blast you. Blast from the past. Blast from the past. <laughs> so tell me uh, what's young Trevor's relationship with music. Oh, man. So it's associated with long car rides to the to school in the mornings, mainly, and, and back from school because lived on the east side of Atlanta, went to the north side uh, to go to school, white side of town. Uh, I was blessed enough to be able to ride out there because my parents used to work on that side of town. Mom was an accountant, pops was in sales. And so they were able to drop me off. And so in those car rides, we would basically alternate. Like I'd get one day where I get to listen to my station. My mom would get another day to listen to her station or same deal with pops. And I just grew up with such a varied sort of catalog of things that I can appreciate now uh, because of those different car rides that I experienced, man. Like, and even when I got to drive my own whip, 16 years old, I, I'm picking all kinds of things off the map. You remember when you used to mess up your parents' computers, burning CDs and whatnot. Like, I just had all kinds of stuff on there between Marvin Gaye, the OJs, Isley Brothers, all that stuff. And obviously all my stuff that was in vogue then. Um, and that even like ran the gamut from like 808s and Heartbreak to uh, all kinds of crunk music with Lil John and the East Side Boys and stuff like that. Like it was just, it was, it was, a pr- I appreciated the car rides to kind of expose me to music. And to this day, that's what I use uh, as my way to kind of get a gauge on what I'm feeling, what I'm interested in. What are you currently listening to now? Oh, let me, uh, shoot, let me just pull up a library right quick, see what we got latest. Uh, stand by to stand by. Yeah, I used to I used to burn uh, CDs for people at school. Yep. Uh, I was I would I would actually make the cake like the cover. I would copy the cover on my like on my printer and like cut around it and cut it out and make it like a whole regular CD. Duh, you was that. next level with it. Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> I, that was that was my hustle. Like that's why I got my brand. I got it on bootleg. I ah, to- <laughs> that's live. That's yeah. live. So were you like making a profit off that boy? Like as soon oh, as you took it yeah. out, right? Dude, I, yeah, I went to Fairfax. So the school, I don't know if you know about LA, but it's right on Fairfax and Melrose. Dude. So you know, we after school, I was the kid who was going to. You know what I'm saying? Johnny Rockets to eat the double cheeseburger, go to Hip Foot Locker. I might buy me some Adidas two for 89. Oh, you was living like a 27-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was really that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No That's live. That's live. Uh, so in the rotation now, man, uh, courtesy of that last verses, I went back and uh, started listening to D'Angelo stuff again between Voodoo, uh, Black Messiah, uh, that Gang Signs track from Freddie Gibbs, and then J.I.D. with ballads like that's been I kind of get stuck on stuff and I'll just listen to it on repeat. I yeah, my girl loves away. that gang sign song. She'd be yeah. playing it in the shower. Like, oh, <laughs> that's that a sick shower song. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned that uh, your parents played a radio station around you and, you know, that kind of not evolved your 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 sound of what you liked. But what what, what specifically stuck out to you? Uh, I remember after Luther Vandross died, my mom had a six CD changer in her Lexus and all six of them CDs was Luther. And she did not let me touch the radio for a good six months. Like we had to ride to Luther for (laughs) six months straight. Anytime I was in the car with my mom and she wasn't listening to nothing else. And so like, I just, that's, those are the sorts of memories that stick out for me. And that one in particular, because my mom and I are, are, are super close. And uh, that I remember how that impacted her. Uh, he, was, he was just one of her favorite artists. And when that happened, 
I remember getting a healthy dose of Luther Vandross's music for, for a good little while. What's your top five Luther tracks? Oh, my God, dog. All right. Uh, my mom played Dance With My Father till the wheels right. fell off. <laughs> till the cows came home. No, yeah. so, like, that, that's that got to be in it. Yeah. Um. I got to go. You you caught me on guard. I'm going to have to go back and listen to, like, I'd have to pull up Luther's Essentials or something to kind of figure I, out. Never Too Much might be my number one. Yes. If, if This World Were Mine is in my top five. Yep. I like Stop to Love. Here and Now is actually one of Here mine. Here and Now. Yeah. Here and Now, Here and now is fire. Yeah, yeah, that might I, be my favorite. That I would might be have Sleep in the Infomercial be playing that. <laughs> <laughs> Any Love. Any Love is a classic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yo, yeah, here's here's the here's the thing, Trevor. When we released the episode, you quote re, you quote retweet the episode with your favorite five. Yeah. Got you. There you Got go. you. I can you, do that. I give you some breathing room right there <laughs> to as, come as up a, with as those. a jump as a jump off to that question too, though, because I had this experience. I think we all had this experience. Trey, yeah. I want you to answer too. What what musicians that not celebrity musicians that affected you the most? Where you just had to play that music nonstop for like weeks or days or however mm. long mm, okay so i uh had long rides home from football practice in high school when i was driving finally where i had to drop off a couple of my homeboys like roll through and i associate that drive home like the long drive home with 808s and heartbreak so like kanye has been like a part of my sort of deal from day one so like that that specific record actually is one that i associate with uh, my high school time. When I got to college, Crit was kind of bursting on the scene. And so Crit from Crit was here all the way through the most recent uh, EP that he dropped in TDT. Like I associate his uh, music a lot with my sort of developmental phase and, and coming into coming of age as a man, essentially. Uh, Cast is the one I associate with childhood. My very first uncensored CD was thank on you when it was on uh when it was uh unedited and i remember being astounded that they had naked women on the actual cd like i had no idea that they were kicking it like that <laughs> i was like oh yeah it's just a regular cd whenever i pulled out the you know the clean version or whatever and i was mind blown. I was like they were kicking it like this the whole time and didn't tell nobody nothing and it was just an understood rule but like i say that those three artists i think i can associate with different periods of my childhood i remember riding in the school playing uh the love below on repeat, specifically prototype, I ran that track till the wheels fall, fell off. Uh, I just kept running that track back so often. Um, but yeah, those three artists, I think, would say shaped a lot of like what my musical taste is today, uh, as yeah, well I mean, as like they're just associated with memories. All right, for me, Jason, um, mm -hmm. especially like a death or something, obviously, uh, that made me just kind of pay homage immediately. Obviously, when you're too young for like Tupac Biggie to like have that access. So when you think pro streaming era and a person being able to have that access and just play it unlimited, you know what I mean? I would probably think Prince, mm. um, Nipsey Hussle. Um, trying to think of another artist currently that I just kind of just like reflected like, damn, they're gone. I probably those two artists because when, you know, I was watching Hip Hop Uncovered, it was like Nipsey's death was like the first where the world had access to like receive yeah. and also give you real time feelings on actual time. Tupac is like, you're young, but it was like pre-internet. Yeah. Right. Pre-internet. Like a lot of rap, you know, hip hop deaths sure. were all pre-internet, but this one was like, you could pour out your real feelings right there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it hit harder than anything else. So like maybe Prince because, you know, you yeah. just like that's an immortal person. You feel like right. Michael Jackson obviously was oh nine, but yeah, it was right then and there where I can have that effect. And now right. you can you could actually throw up a post and say, damn, I grew up. I used to wear the church socks and da -da -da. Yeah. you know, what yeah. I mean, things of that nature. So maybe Prince, MJ and Nipsey mm -hmm. um, in this current streaming service era. You know that's what I mean? What um, yeah, I would agree, bro. For me, it's the same. And then I would say even like, I, you know, Nip is definitely at the top for me, but I I discovered really Mac Miller like after he. So passed, Mac, Mac Miller actually is a good one, too, because yeah. if you were rocking with him, cool. 
But then as more bloggers wrote about him, as more content came out, as more interviews came out and people had time to sit to get to know the person, had time to understand how precious life is and how young and ahead of the curve. And also he was considered basically hip hop's little brother. You know what I'm saying? He never he disrespected. And so, it's, and that's my best. So I'm, I misunderstood the question. My apologies, Jason. But like Mac is the one for me that that really did stick out as in his passing. That was one of those ones that you went back to. I remember the day my fiance, my now fiance, was up here the day after he passed, and I couldn't help but play every last one of his records that I knew of, like between kids, swimming, watching movies with the sound off, all that stuff. It kind of makes you reflect on the human being and what he was going through, yeah. and it made you wonder like what kind of mental state he was in at that time. Um, and, and that's yeah, no, 1000%. Mac might be at the top for me, but Nip was a close second. His, I have a lyric of his in my bio on Twitter right now, like that just was one of those ones that took the wind out of you the moment you heard it. Sure, absolutely. So, um, what was your connection with sports growing up? Dog, uh, football's king down south, and I that's that's like a large part of what I did. When it comes to hobbies, man, we talked about it a little bit before we even fired this thing up. Like, I didn't have much time for much else because I was busy doing stuff that either had to do directly with football or was indirectly associated with football. So between running track and playing football, a lot of my time outside of what I was doing for school was that. And uh, it was the point of true relationship with my father, too. Uh, My dad played running back all the way through college. Uh, at an HBCU Lincoln University up in Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, And so I played the same position as him, unknowingly, right? Like, it wasn't anything that was forced on me. My pops made a deliberate decision not to force football on me. Like, we always watched football, and it was cool. Um, But I started playing at the age of nine under my own fruition, and that was, like, a big empowerment thing for me to know that I wanted it more than anything. Now, there were some days where I hated it, like, just like anything you're doing too long, uh, too much of your life. But I credit it with shaping a lot of uh, who I am as a man today. Just the experiences you go through, the understanding of working within a team, um, your responsibility on a daily basis to be on top of your stuff and to lift up those around you. Uh, I credit sports with with so much of my mindset today. I'm glad you mentioned uh, that your dad didn't force it because Again, I was going to ask the question of who influenced you, but it seems like it was self-influence. Was it just one of those things that, all right, you know, you caught pictures around the crib like, yo, Pops used to play ball and then also spending time with him and just having that that fiery moment of like, when I get older, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was much more of like just the the uh, subconscious exposure, like possibly watching football games on Saturdays and Sundays. And I'd just be down there kicking it with them, not really knowing what I was watching, but knowing that there was excitement surrounding it and people got fired up for it. And down south, you you see football everywhere and everything that you do from the commercials that are airing during live spots and like everything alluding to football season and the allure that's associated with it. And so, like, I became attracted to it through any other mechanism. Like, it's just built up as this thing you do uh, down south that, like, you go out, you play ball, you try your hand at it. And if you find a little love, what do you stick with it? Um, And so, yeah, no, that was like the sort of my path to the game. And I saw it as a eventually saw it as a vehicle for me to get an get an education and potentially even make a career out of. And uh, knowing that I could have all of that courtesy of this sport. Like, it meant a lot to me. Yeah, um, that was kind of similar to, like, my dad. Like, I used to hear, like, my dad obviously just stopped playing football his senior year, but allegedly he was nice. And, you know, before he chose the street life instead, bro, like, I would always hear, like, yeah, your dad always wanted you to play football. My mom and my grandma was like, nah, nah, we don't want you to get hurt. It wasn't even about concussions. It's just like, yo, you just getting hurt. And I was like. I was, I was kind of a chubby kid for a little bit. And then I just sprouted out and became like really thin. So ideally everybody used to be like, Oh, Jordan. So by the time I was of age, you know, I played pop Warner football. And I was like nine around your age. And then after that, when I got to high school, I went to a basketball school first and then I transferred. Now, when you went to the other school, you had to be elite to play both sports. You know what I mean? So when I ended up transferring to Compton high at the particular time, they like they weren't really good at the time with any sports. 
So I had the luxury of playing VAR football, VAR basketball. I ran VAR track. I even played shortstop. So I got a chance to do everything. But when I did play football, I played my Pop Warner coach actually happened to be the head coach now at the high school. So he's like, yo, I know you hooping. I know you don't need this, but we can use a wide receiver. And I was fast at the time because I ran track too. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's say I wasn't cut off for that stuff. <laughs> I think I started off at quarterback first. Um, I was okay. I threw sidearm oddly. Yeah. And I, but the baseball and you the probably baseball, got the baseball that, right? took yeah. more advantage of everything. I tried quarterback yeah. for a little bit. Wouldn't get too many reps at that thing. So I switched to a uh, skill position, play wide receiver. Um, I got hit a couple of times. We didn't have any, the crazy thing about Compton high, we had no budget for a training staff. So oh. I'm pretty sure I probably played with a couple of concussions, but um, I didn't want to go to the middle. So most of the time I was all streaks. They would use me for like 99 routes. You know, what I'm I ran a four two. So uh, yeah, is that, is, and I don't, you know what I'm saying they like right. 99. Go bring yeah. Trey in. I come go in and it. do some stuff like that. But senior year, um, I actually had some college looks, and I was just like, nah, <laughs> I'm never gonna get big, bro. I'm just now hitting 180 at 36. Like, it, it, I was probably 140, bro, in high school. But I was See? just linky. And that's the thing, like, folks want to make fun of the cats that, like, avoided all the hits, but, like, they probably better off nowadays than them cats that went across. Yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing about it. Like, we Polly, Polly was in our, you know, oh, our, yeah. in our conference. So we would yeah. see Herschel Dennis. We would see, you know, Junior Malele and uh, Mercedes Lewis. Like, like, you just know some dudes are just like, they, they I ain't got no like, business doing Deshaun shit. Jackson. Like, yeah, Deshaun Jackson see. was a freshman when I was a senior. I ran against him. I played against him. He wasn't even the best receiver. Derrick Jones was. Derek Jones made it to the Raiders and then something happened, but he had 200, he averaged 230 receiving yards on us. <laughs> and then him and Deshaun Jackson were running in the four by one. Oh, geez. They ran at like three Oh nine. Trey, you definitely would have bulked up. Like it was cast that I know that bulked up at Fairfax just by, just by. But they was sport. like, that's the thing. Me playing basketball. I was so nervous that I would lose my hops. Because mm. everybody was taking creatine, everybody's lifting yeah, crazy. Yeah. And like, if you don't have somebody that comes back and tells you, like, if I would have had like Baron come back and be like, look, you lift weights, you still won't lose your hop. Like, it was all word of mouth. Like, look, hey, bro, don't don't add no extra weight. You ain't gonna, right. <laughs> I'm jumping like, bro, like 38, like 38, 40. Like, I could go, I could reverse, do all this contact at 146, one. So think about trying to be 1861. I'll be looking like Eric Bledsoe out there, bro. I'm cool. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. Uh, hey. Trev, did you have any uh like magical games in, in high school where you really just balled out? Oh man, I, I'd have to go back in the memory bank quite far. Like I got one from ones from Harvard that I could give you that are like like better games for me. Like yeah, four touchdowns against Brown was great. My last game against Yale put me over a thousand yards for the season, like in my career, or excuse me, thousand yards for that season mm -hmm. uh, to end the career and everything like that. High school, man, I there were some games like the bad part was like we had a pretty solid squad my senior year, yeah. and so I played like a half of football, and then I'd I'd be done. So like I get one half in. And I'm not racking up no more stats. It was so one, so one half would be like what 140 some yards. I get I get to two bills with That's a like crazy. three touchdowns, <laughs> and then hey, you out here looking like NCAA football <laughs> You juicing a player, bro. That's sick. right. And for those that don't know, my man went to Harvard. We, you know. We didn't announce that. But that's <laughs> definitely on the resume. We gotta let that be known. Nah, appreciate that, man. We just kind of <laughs> let that float out there when it needs. Right, to. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, and lastly, uh, what's your connection with gaming? Oh man, so I know you like, consider yourself a lightweight gamer, so yeah. See, and, and I'm trying, I'm trying to get back into it. Matter of fact, right? I got the PS4 sitting in there. I haven't even tried my hand at the PS5 because I didn't seen that. It's worth sneaker drops right about now. Uh. I used to be like all Nintendo growing up. Like, so I had Super Nintendo, N64, GameCube, and Wii going up. And my homeboys in my neighborhood, right, they, one of them would have the Microsoft system. So he'd have like the Xboxes whenever we needed. And then my other homeboy would have a PlayStation. And so we would just rotate through each other's houses, go play the systems and kind of have our own online profile, or whatever have you. And that was like before we could do the online stuff where we could hop on the headsets and just kick it with each other via that. 
And so, like, I just remember the late nights, you know, playing till 4 a.m. when your mama told you to go to bed long before that and trying to sneak on and play with the TV on mute and shit like that. So uh, it, it's just that's just like my association with gaming. Like, it was just that childhood memory, this, the nostalgia of playing like the Super Mario Brothers, the Super Smash Brothers, getting heated with stuff, throwing the controller if you need to. My little bro, like, you know, you he'd be complaining about me playing the game too much. He go complain to my mom. I got to hand him a controller, but not plug it in. So he think he playing stuff like that. Like I just, it's all that stuff that we all did just to kind of like, just satisfy the need of hopping on the game for a little while. What system did you start on? Started on Super Nintendo. Uh, yeah. Super Nintendo yeah. is fire. Yeah. dog. I Wait, didn't have one. Did y'all see that thing recently? Not to cut you off, Trey. No, did y'all see that, re- that thing recently that said blowing on a cartridge doesn't work? Okay, so that's bullshit. No. That's no. bullshit. Everybody <laughs> I, knows that blowing on the cartridge works. And if it really got serious, you take the swab, the Q-tip, and dip yeah. it in some rubbing alcohol and swipe inside that motherfucker and, I, and I, clean listen, it off too? <laughs> I put mine in the freezer. Really? <laughs> yeah. Listen, bro, I did everything in public. <laughs> but first of all, I'm pretty sure we weren't supposed to do none of that stuff. <laughs> but whatever it took for it to work, I didn't really care. I was firing it up. But Super Nintendo was a good, uh, um, a good system to start on. Yeah. Um, my grandma was just here, like, choose up, bro. Sega or Super. You know what I mean? So I chose Sega because my cousin Ernie uh, had had a Super Nintendo. So when I would go to his crib, I would play it. Yep. It would make it even more cooler because it's like, all right, look, I'll bring the Sega. Yep. You got the Super, bro. We can compare, even though, you know, Mortal Kombat didn't have blood. They was like yep. leaking like our cement or whatever, whatever it was, unless you put the blood code in. He had the blood code for the Sega. So we was lit, but. Super Nintendo had um, Street Fighter first. Yep, so that was that was the trade off. But I started initially um, the regular Nintendo. Okay, right, and then like I want to say like ninety three, bro. I don't know, Jason, if you remember Fedco, and Fedco is like an OG store. Of course, I remember Fedco. So right, Fedco. by seas. Come on, man. Yeah. So my grandma like, yo, I'm about to go to Fedco. And they had the Atari 2600. So I got a chance to get the Atari 2600, and it came with, like, 30 cartridges. So I'm back there playing ColecoVision. I'm playing Pitfall. But the, the graphics is, like, really trash <laughs> and really bad, but it was the flex. It was like, I got this system, yada, yada, yada. And I went back and started getting all of them. Like, I had TurboGrafx-16. Like, all that was kind the one of with the one little joystick yep. like this. Yeah, right? with the yeah. button on top. The red button. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, like overall, it was just having older uncles. You know what I'm saying? My uncles, I had twin uncles that was like nine years older than me. So they would say, oh, when I had this, or I don't play the game because it ain't like, so I would, I'm still like that where I would buy stuff just to kind of entertain the guests. Like I got a PS5, bro. I don't be playing it. Like, but if Jason's like, yo, I want to play PS5. I'm like, oh, it's right there. Go ahead. Bet. Because that's always been me. Like I always buy Madden every year. I'm trash at Madden, but I know a bunch of people want to play it. So it's like the conversation piece. Yep. Um, I'm I'm so mean? terrified of getting online, bro. I don't want to get my ass. Oh no, nah, you gonna get you gonna get a racial bro. slur <laughs> and get smoked by fifty. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. Bro. I buy twelve year old dog. Yeah, that's what you don't want that. You don't need that love. That's what I'm saying, man. I, I'm I'm trying to just get my stats up and see if I can if I even ever need to go out there. I have no desire to though. Look, my biggest flex on 2K. I don't even tell people like I'll beat you in 2K no more. I just be like, look, they be like, are you play online? I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I will, but I'll play you in person. But like, look, I stopped playing once I became on the game because I'm actually in 2K. So it's like, you know, I'm the person telling flex. you. I'm the person telling you you're a creative player's trash. So you, why, you, why you trying to make a hundred rating? I'm telling you, like, nah, you gotta get your game tight. <laughs> so, uh, so I like that 2K has let me transition to the to the stands and just let me remain there. Like, I don't hoop no more, and I don't hoop on 2K no more. But I'm gonna buy the game. Well. I get the game every year just to see myself on it. That's hard. <laughs> I can't even hate on that. That's hard as hell. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, my nephew plays. Like, I can't keep up with Call of Duty and stuff like that. Like, I'll play if you pull up at the crib. If you're sure. just playing, you're not nice, you're not adjusting raw, you know, defensive sets, you're trying to press me. You can – I can't do the crossover. I don't even know how to do crossovers no more. I'm just like, all right, I can spin. But as soon as you hit me, like you throwing blobs to you know what I mean, players that don't even dunk. Cut the game off. No, yeah, I'm kicking it. you out. I'm like, I'm like, 
I might break the TV, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it gets like that. It's crazy how like you can still get wild aggressive over some stuff you know you should not be caring this much about. And I, I dog every time, I every time. I I'm, I hadn't had a gaming system since my like PS2, and all of a sudden. I'm standing up playing the game again. I'm like, I, I don't do this. Like, I'm too old for this shit. Like, why am I standing up watching this TV as if I'm like this much? PS2 is a GOAT system, by the way. That's a GOAT system right there. Oh, yeah? That, that Blu-ray. Yeah. Had, well, not Blu-ray, but uh, it had... Uh, it was a DVD player, DVD though. Like, you player, could, It was like the DVD first player. one you could do that stuff with. Yeah. I got going in 60 seconds free with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sick movie. I probably watched that in Belly. Non-stop in 2001 when I got the PS. I was the only person in the hood in my neighborhood in Compton that had it. If you didn't, everybody else had to go to Circuit City and play on the demo. They had Madden 2001 <laughs> with Marshall Falk on the front. Yep. And cats would be like, yo, Trey got it, though. Yeah. And I told the story before about my homie lying that he had one. He didn't even have to lie. I'm like, bro, I'm, like, I'm about to go to the bathroom. Y'all turn it on. I come back from the bathroom. They just sitting there waiting on me to turn the game on because he didn't know that the switch is in the back. I'm like, bro, you done told everybody at the school you that you got one. You got exposed. You in ten, listen, you in 10th grade, bro, lying like this. You in 10th grade. Ain't no need. Ain't, ain't no need, bro. bro. This shit ain't like, this ain't like having the J's. Hey, shout out to Ghana 60 Seconds and Eleanor. Shout out to and Eleanor. the Shelby. That was a good. That was a classic movie, bro. Day. That's one of my favorite whips to this day. If I had 200 bands, I'd cop right now. <laughs> <laughs> if only, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, Trevor, what made you transition from sports? Like, after after sports, what made you want to get into what you're into now? Oh, man. Like, I so graduated from school. I actually tried to kind of get right for the NFL. Picked up an agent, went down to Florida, trained for a month or two. Did the pro day and everything at school, and uh, I went down to Fal- to the Falcons training camp. So it was like a dream come true, right? Being able to play for your hometown team and shit. And uh, you know, I kind of went through the the dog and pony dance of like saying them saying they're gonna call you, they don't call you, they string you along and say, hey, can you come back for a couple looks, a couple workouts, yada yada yada. And all the while, I had this like behind-the-scenes, behind-the-scenes job over at ESPN kind of sitting. You know, it was entry-level work. I was hiring, like, technical personnel. So I was hiring cameramen, audio, technical directors, all that stuff for our live remote events. It was like a scheduling job. And so eventually I was like, well, look, this this really ain't carrying me nowhere when it came to the NFL stuff. I recognized that it wasn't going to go very far. I wasn't going to have a lot of longevity out of it anyway, especially playing running back. You know that if you aren't cream of the crop, people aren't, they're going to see you as more expendable than any other position. So with all of that understanding out of school, I was like, okay, I'll take this, you know, this, this opportunity I have waiting on me, I'm going to go capitalize on that. I know it's not what I want to do professionally, but I know that it gives me at least a foot in the door of the company that I want to be at. And so we get there and, uh, through the help of the the director that hired me, who actually went to Harvard as well, I was able to establish a couple connections on the talent side of things. I got a fellowship that kind of got me on that path to being on air at ESPN. And that's kind of what had, that's what made the transition happen. But like, I always look back at just sitting on my couch one day and just realizing that there may not be the longevity that I want out of this NFL career. It, it was always a dream. It was something that I could envision myself doing, but was it the, the opportunity, the thing that I saw myself doing for a lifetime? And, and the answer was no to that. So I, I kind of just had that, that, that instantaneous epiphany that, that just kind of put it into perspective and we rolled out. It was just a matter of that. I have a similar path. Uh, so my senior year wasn't great. Uh, I was playing on broken foot. And I'm like, yo, I know my career over right now. I, I just feel it. Like, it's February. We're not going to the tournament. Like, I just know. I'm like, man, I'm about to go back to the hood of failure. Like, but I got my degree. And then I was, like, thinking, and, and, and something happened. Like, it was just, like, I got better by the summer. And I actually linked up with, like, management, not even an agent, management on Twitter. And somebody was just like, yo, you know, like, have you ever been to Canada? I'm like, nah. Hey, like, go get your passport tomorrow. You going? 
So I'm like, yo, all right. You know what I mean? I ain't got nothing else to do. So I ended up going to Toronto and I went to, you know, the National Basketball League of Canada. It was a new league that was starting up. I go to the combine. It's cats everywhere. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. We're staying in this, like, dormitory at like, this university. And, uh, yeah, I ended up getting picked up. And, like, things were cool. But it was just like, this not – what steps do I have to take to get to the NBA? And I'm, I'm going, I'm playing, and I'm not making a lot of money. But it's the idea, the brag. You come back home, like, yeah, I play overseas. <laughs> yeah, you know. And at that time, it was the golden era. Jason could tell you in L.A., 2011, 2010, 2012, that's the clubs are booming. And, like, most of my friends were in the NBA, so I didn't have to spend money. I could sleep on a couch until I have to go sign my next deal. So that first year was, like, cool, you know, go play in Canada. I came back home, and right before I was going to do another deal, I was going to go to Europe. But like low level, not even like Euroleague or anything like that. I compared and contrast the work, the money. And I was like, is it worth the conversation being away from family? Because people were dying in my neighborhood and you know, I was losing family members. I'm like, man, I would make the same amount of money if I was, you know, working in a grocery store or anything. You know what I mean? No, not to people just working at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. But it was just kind of like, what am I really doing? You know what I mean? So I gave it one more shot. Boost Mobile actually had an open tryout, right? They partnered with the NBA, uh, D-League at the time. It wasn't Gatorade yep. League yet. Yep. And they had a workout in, like, Torrance. So I go to the workout, free agent. I'm just like, whatever. They put me with the group of players. We're getting coached by, like, the assistant coach of the Los Angeles Defenders. Run the triangle. Well, uh, offense I know really well. You know what I'm saying? My first game in that little open scrimmage, 16 and five. The next game, 19 and six. Things come to nature. They like, yo, you're gonna end up with the, you know, like going to camp with the defenders. I'm like, okay, cool. But I know I'm never gonna get called up for the Lakers. <laughs> I'm never gonna get called. First of all, Derek Fisher's never gonna retire at this time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And at the time, I don't even think it was Derek Fisher. It was um it had like a random ass guard at that time. It wasn't even, they were like, Kobe was there, but like Kobe was like in and out of kind of figuring things out. He health right. wise teams right. was bad. He was getting right. older. And I'm like, yo, can I be moved? <laughs> so I got claimed by the Bakersfield jam. Okay. And okay. Bakersfield jam was like associated with like the warriors. Um, they didn't have Santa Cruz yet. You know, like uh, Sacramento Kings had like a little hand in that. So they could pull me. I'm like, these teams are both bad post Baron Davis post. We believe Steph Curry was there. Yeah. Not he wasn't people, there. Yet. He wasn't, he wasn't yeah. him yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They were playing AC law over him. Sadly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shout out to AC law though. It's not a shot to him. Oh, of course. I thought like I can get a look. So yeah. then my rights got traded to Idaho stampede and I ended up in Boise, Idaho. And I'm like, I've never been here. So I'm like geeked. I'm talking to my boys. I had a Blackberry at the time. We're at BBM. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, like, hey, man, we bought the, you know what I'm saying? Because it was a classic story. Soon the other games from New York had hit, had got called up to the D-League, from the D-League to the Utah Jazz and hit a game winner. And that was the feel-good story. So I'm like, oh, that's me next. I can do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get to the Stampede, and I'm there. I arrive in Idaho. I get to my hotel. And we get to the practice facility. It's a boys and girls club. And I'm like, Oh, this ain't the NBA. <laughs> like, what is this? I've been bad boozled. I've been hoodwinked. Like, what is this? Let us stray. Bro, and they're up. like breaking it down to me like, yeah, the finances is not, you know, how it is. And then they broke it down to how much I would make. So I'm like, all right, I get to camp. And like towards the last day, they call me in. And that's probably the longest. When you're getting cut, and I don't know if you've experienced that, as a pro, it's the longest walk to that office to, to get released. Yes. They say, yes. look, it's not personal. Keep rock, you know, keep working on your game. You know, you, you had an excellent camp. I got waved, and guess who they signed? Who that? Antoine Walker. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, oh. I imagine getting cut is like getting fired. Oh, it was, it was 24. Listen, and no but it it was Jason, it was so like mulling yeah. of like, oh, is this the politics of it all? You got moved for a bigger name who someone who didn't really need to be in the he had a championship ring, bro. <laughs> so I was trying to understand. I'm like, I'm a big fan of this dude for my career to end on that. I was just like, 
word up. That's cool. And yeah. I was just, I left with like such a nasty feeling about basketball. It was really? like three, three years I didn't watch basketball at all. Like, so 2012 to like 2014, I was around it, but I really didn't like keep up with most of it. Because Wasn't fooling with it. Yeah. I was cool because I was just like, it's so many politics in it. And I hate to use politics, in it, but it is politics and everything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I can play the best basketball. I mean, to this day, I always my claim is that I had Jay Crowder and, you know, uh, Darius, all the Marquette guys in Milwaukee. I would open up the Bucks practice facility and play against these guys, and I would not miss and be killing. And I'm like, you know, if you look at Jay Crowder now, it's like, okay, he's effective. Yeah. <laughs> These cats can really vouch for me at a time when I could dunk and I could shoot and do all this other stuff. And at my best, I still wasn't good enough. So that's time for me to hang it up. Yeah, no, it's that realization. That was it. That was just a realization of like, you've peaked, you've earned your respect from your peers. Yep. Now, as on the other side of a, you know, media, when I walk into these locker rooms, I'm still getting dapped. Right. I played against the John Walls, the James Hardens, whoever it may be in the Drew League or the Hacks or whatever. We've played against each other. And they like, you could, you on Twitter could say some crap to us. <laughs> All those other dudes, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is cool, man. No, nah, there's a level of credibility that's associated with having been through the grind, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's like the biggest thing. You have that self awareness and how to talk about that stuff and how to critique and stuff like that. Like, that's the biggest thing that I've found in my relationships with like cats that played college football. Like, I'm able to kind of align myself with their mentality understand what they're going through mentally sure i have critical things to say but i know how to frame it and i know how to say that like i know where it comes from from my being is that it's not from some hater ass position like i i I understand what you went through and i can understand what you were thinking in that moment and it may not have been the right thing but we can kind of hash that out my only regret is i should have shot more because when people (laughs) no because when because when people google me they say, oh, you was only like four points a game or six points a game. I'm like, bro, like during that time, Rondo, Marcus Williams, like uh, Chris Paul wasn't shooting crazy like until he got comfortable in that role. It was a lot of guys that were past first point guards. Yeah, the, the combo I, guard wasn't and, hitting like that. And yeah. I got stuck in the mix because they used to kill Allen Iverson for shooting too much. And I was like, we're the same height, bro. Like – I don't think I'm going to be dunking on those seven footers. So I need to change my game up. So I got stuck in that middle ground of like team first, you know, I know how to run an offense. And right when I was just making that transition, guys are scoring 30 again. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> like my stats not going to look like that, bro. Cause if you look at me, I'm a rebounding point guard. I probably average like set career wise, 7.5 rebounds, assists, 9.2. Yep. You go to them points per game. Five? <laughs> I'm shooting three. A layup. <laughs> Jason, you would not draft me in your fantasy. Say oh, I'm saying like how you averaging three points at a school, nobody like team, nobody. I mean, because I just, I just I just thought that like you know, playing in a, you playing within the system. I was getting ready to say it. Yeah. Hey, you, know, you know how you know how you know how on a toy story the claw. I was figuring somebody would rescue me out of that. Like, look. He has talent. Get him. Yeah, they sold you on that dream of being found, like, regardless of where you at. But it don't yeah. happen if you ain't getting, them mo- getting money yeah. up there. Like, that's it's the biggest good. thing. How about all of that? You got to go for self, son. All right. So <laughs> the question that we ask all our guests is, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Ooh. 18-year-old self. Uh, man, at 18 years old, I was so worried about how I would be perceived coming from the east side of Atlanta, going up to Boston, talking funny according to them, uh, and thinking that I had something to be afraid of as far as just being able to keep up from an intellectual level because of where I came from. Uh, And I would just empower my younger self to lean into who you are, be comfortable in who you are, and understand that even if you don't know it in that moment, there's a way to go find out what it means, and there's a way to go find out exactly whatever you're seeking that knowledge is out there it's there to be attained but don't worry about knowing everything right off the rip there's a there's a beauty to the process of learning through life and experience and i was in a rush to to know everything in that very moment when i was leaving the comfort of home and going off to be on my own in the northeast that 
I got wrapped up in the idea of needing to know everything and be my be be on my own so much that I didn't appreciate the idea of just learning as I go. And that's some solid advice, man. Hopefully, you know, some <laughs> some of our listeners can apply that. You know, uh, even 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 people that's out of school, people that's older than eighteen. Oh, yeah. You know, every 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 episode, there's some some advice to apply to themselves, man. Yeah, Trevor, life, man, this is go ahead. Life is about the journey. <laughs> For sure, that's what it is. As as Nip says, man, it's the marathon, bro. We ain't in no sprint. So, man, Trevor, man, this has been a, a amazing episode. Thank you for joining us again, bro. No, man. Pleasure's all mine, fellas. Y'all stay up, stay safe, man. Amidst all this mess, madness going down, man. Keep protecting your mentals. That's what Marshawn Lynch would say. Thanks. Growing up the same wins the game. Yo, Rob. Yo, I mean. What's the biggest complaint I always have whenever we record these podcasts? Besides Jerv being too sleepy, um, I think it's you forget to name a couple of things. You always want to talk about some extra stuff. Oh, man. It's the worst feeling in the world. When we get done and we say cut and I'm sending the files to Rob and I say, shit, I forgot we were going to talk about this topic or that topic. Well, guess what? We're not going to have those problems anymore. If you go ahead and download the stereo app that's right go to stereo.com slash darth amin and make sure you are linked and subscribe to us and we're going to talk about all of the different things that i always forget about this is a great app every time you guys are listening to this pod you say oh i wish i could chime in but you're listening to a pod you can never chime in it's pre-recorded guess what with stereo you're able to have your voice heard. You can ask real-time questions about either the pod episode we recorded or whatever we're talking about at the time. It's great. It's a forum for you to listen to your favorite podcasters. That'll be me and our, yours truly all at the Count the Things Network. And we're going to be out here. We're going to do this regularly, multiple times a week. Just hop on stereo. Download the app. Subscribe. Follow Darth the Mean. Follow Talk Hoops. Follow Trayvon. Follow Big Waz. All of us. You know who we are. You search for us on the Stereo app. You will find us and subscribe to us and be a part of these conversations real time. Have the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask. Stop us when we're on some bullshit, as we are frequently. And of course, catch some content that goes above and beyond what you listen to in the podcast you already love again that is the stereo app and you can follow me stereo.com slash darth amin you can look up everybody else by their handles their handles are all the same as what we have on social media you can join us multiple times a week i love stereo i'm on the app talking all the time follow me and get notified every time i go live